0: Man, hey, we are once again our study world religions cult and the occult number nine the topic Bobby Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses you are on the ball now as you turn there if you go ahead to those pages there we are actually Well, we're almost on page three. That's when we're cooking now I tell you what and uh, as you turn there to the exciting page three, that's right We've already seen the history where in the world this thing come from came from a guy named Charles Taze Russell Who got influenced by Seventh-day Adventists. That's why we're talking about those guys Next, Lord willing. Then it passed on to this guy, Judge Rutherford. Then it went into a group of guys called the Watchtower Society. And then we began to take a look at their beliefs, if you will, in a nutshell. And then towards the back end of that, we saw some of their cultic beliefs. Most cults will do something. They'll do something that it's just... Uh, explicit to them. They have some special things that, that nobody else does and is supposed to draw attention to them. Look at us. We are the only ones who know this truth. Can't you be like us? And We saw some of those nuances with their version of the cross. They denied that the cross was actually a cross, but they say it was a stake. We dealt with that. That's a lie. They don't celebrate birthdays. They certainly don't celebrate Christmas. They don't uh, are active in the military and they don't do blood transfusions. Now, if we get that far tonight uh, in the notes, and I hope to do that, uh, we're going to see actually another one, and why in the world are they so hung up on Jehovah, right? It's not Uncle Charlie's witnesses, it's Jehovah's witnesses. Now, why And then you gotta call God Jehovah, it has to be, why are they so hung up on that? Well, as we're going to see, it's another one of their nuances, it certainly is not biblical-based, At all, but let's take a look at the top of the page three. We're going to take a look at their prophecy chronology And again, there's going to be a common theme on here and the common thing is boy. Do they ever get it wrong? And we're gonna see how many times they get it wrong Okay, because once again, they are guilty of doing something the scripture says you should never do and it rhymes with date setting how many guys you got it, it's exciting, that's right, and that's what they're guilty of over and over and over again. So let's take a look at that, top of that page there, Prophecy Chronology, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, which is the organization that governs now Jehovah's Witnesses, again we saw before it was single entities, Charles Russell, Judge Rutherford, and when they passed away of course it switched. And uh, they claim that they are the soul, that's your first blank there, soul, S-O-L-E channel of information between God and humanity. So right there, what does that tell you? This is a cult, right? Does anybody else say that they are the sole, uh, sole uh, source of truth uh, for humanity and they're the only ones that can understand the Bible properly? Does anybody else say that? The Vatican uh, uh, certainly does that, Roman Catholicism. And Mormonism, of course, others, but uh, you're dealing with, again, Coles, right? Now, number two, they say, is they base this claim on a complicated, well, it's complicated, I mean, because if you take this, and you add this in math, and if you take the number of fish, and you times by this, and then if the humidity happens to be 87%, you times that by the year that you bought your Ford Taurus, 1996, wait a second, nine and six, nine and six is 15, one in five is six, you, I, I had three of those cars, that's the mark of the beast. It's got to be true, because it makes no sense. So what a lot of people do, well, man, that guy must be an expert because he's the only one who can wrap his brain around. No, just because it's complicated doesn't mean uh, it's biblical or true. In fact, oftentimes God, did you know that God didn't write what he wrote in the scripture uh, complicated on purpose just so we can be confused? No, he wants us to understand his word just using comp, uh, common sense uh, rules of interpretation. But they base it on a complicated Bible-based chronology devised by who? A Seventh-day Adventist guy. Again, that's why they're coming next, is where it got influenced from. Uh, N.H. Barber in 1875, the founder of Jehovah's Witnesses, Mr. Russell there, he obtained many of his ideas from the Adventists and uh, others who speculated about Bible prophecy. Again, there's nothing wrong with Bible prophecy. We should study Bible prophecy. What's sad about this is these guys give Bible prophecy a bad name. One-third of the Bible deals, directly or indirectly, with Bible prophecy. Old Testament, New Testament, first coming, second coming, the millennial kingdom, the eternal state. You've got to understand Bible prophecy if you're going to be a student of God's full counsel of his word, which we're supposed to be. You have to deal with it. It's sad, though, that people like these uh, will do this and put a sour taste in people's mouths when it comes to Bible prophecy, okay? But that's what they did. Now, in 1884, Russell founded the Watchtower Society, which became the corporation... They used to be international Bible students, but later Jehovah's Witnesses. Number three, the chronology said that Jesus had invisibly returned to the earth. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is that what the Bible says? When, when Jesus is ascending in Acts chapter 1 there, I believe, and uh, the angel said, and he's going to come back invisible. Just like you saw him go invisible. No, it didn't say that. He's going to come back in the same way, right? Bible even says it's going to be a global event. All eyes will see him when he comes back at his second coming, not the rapture, it's two different events. Okay, and his second coming. But they said he was invisible. Why would they say invisible? Because you can't catch him on the live. It's invisible. Right? And they said he came back invisible, 1874, to set up his kingdom. Well, he ain't doing Doesn't seem like he's doing a very good job. Is that our Lord? When he comes back and sets up his kingdom and all the promises, the Davidic promises, the promises to the Jewish people, that he's gonna rule and reign in Jerusalem, there's gonna be peace for a thousand years on the earth. Don't look like me. Right? So that's even wrong too, okay? But that's not our Lord. Okay, that's that's denigrating Christ and what he's doing when he's coming back. Right? 1874 to set up his kingdom, and that in nineteen fourteen would be the end of the Gentile times, and Jesus would come to judge the earth and annihilate the wicked. Well, guess what? Nothing happened in eighteen seventy four. Shocker okay set that date so they started transferring all the doctrines from 1874 to 1914 now wait a second they got it wrong so they got it wrong they said that we're speaking in the name of the lord they got it wrong what should we do we're done shut you off nobody's listening to you You no but they kept on going it's the same thing going on today folks i'm telling you so they transferred from 1874 to 1914 now then they explained that christ's kingdom had been set up invisibly in 1914 instead and that, well, wait a second, if his kingdom's here, then what's going on? Well, listen to what they say. Although secular governments were still in place, their rule was no longer valid. Well, so? Like that changes anything or helps anything? What's the benefit of all? It's crazy, all right? And uh, based on the society's writing, Jehovah says now look forward to the momentous events to 1918. Now here comes round three. Well, guess what? Nothing happened <laughs> uh, in 1918. Shocker. So guess what? They just keep moving forward. I'm telling you, folks, this is in high gear today in these last days. And it ain't just Jehovah's Witnesses. It's all kind of people, a lot of YouTube wannabes. Okay. But now they said, oh, okay, we got it wrong in 1918. That's three times already you got it wrong. People should have shut them off a long time ago. I mean, no, no, no. It's 1925. Well, guess what? Nothing happened in 1925. Anybody starting to see a pattern here? Like how many times you got to get burned before you say, you know what? I'm not listening to you anymore. Okay, first of all, you shouldn't set a date number one, but man, how many times you got to get it wrong? Okay, well, guess what? Nothing happened in 1925. So then that's when they lost three quarters of their members. Now, that's when we saw they began to institute this, man, you better start knocking on doors, right? And that's how they were able to basically uh, keep themselves going because they were going down the tubes because that 1925 was a big, big, big disappointment. Okay, now Charles Taze Russell, he takes over. Right, and then this is when they begin to develop, as we saw last time, this uh, perversion of Matthew twenty-four, which is a parable, but they call it a prophecy. Then they apply it to themselves. The whole thing's completely out of context. The faithful and wise servant, right? In nineteen twenty-eight. Now, when they first said the faithful and wise servant, they applied it to themselves, but they applied it to the leaders. Okay. Then we see that later, that no, the faithful and wise servant goes to the watchtower. Uh, society okay, they taught that the scripture that passage was a prophecy and in 1918 that they had been chosen by Jesus over all He hath and since they believe that Jesus was ruling the world invisibly They claim for themselves a position as God's channel of communication to mankind So there's no way to check it because Jesus is invisible Which is not scriptural right and in this invisible authority that you can't check because nobody can see they invisibly got the authority for this from Jesus invisibly. Dude, get your... move on. <laughs> Are you serious? But again, that's what happens, right? You tell one line, you got to kind of with another line, and then another line, and you just keep going, and, and this is what these guys do. They keep just going on. They won't ever uh, admit it, all right? But that's what they did. Now, next one, the society checked its predictions and explained That all the prophecies in Matthew 24 and 25 would take place within a single generation. This is where this began to be popularized. It's still in some prophecy circles today. But it came from Jehovah's Witness false teaching. So the time of the end of the world, they say, Matthew 24, 3, could be delayed as long as 30 to 40 years. So in 1929, the societies we saw before... They built that Bethserie, remember that house they built? Because the Old Testament prophets, they're coming back any day. They need a place to live. No, you didn't. Mr. Rutherford needed a palatial mansion to live in San Diego is what happened, okay? But that was the excuse. They're coming back. So we got to spend all this millions of dollars to build this place. Yeah. And he got to keep it warm. Remember that? Uh, And it was to house the resurrected prophets who were expected to arrive any time. And the new definition of generation promised uh, momentous events during the 1940s. So you do the math. And they said, well, here's this generation thing. You're looking at something where about 30, 40 years. It's got to be. So that's what happened. They started focusing on the next day, 1945. Well, guess what happened? nothing happened, right? So the society extended, is your next blank there, extended the meaning of generation to 80 years. And that's the one that's more popular today, 70, 80, depending on who you want to talk to. That's what they say. But this came from Jehovah's Witnesses, right? And they say that this is supposed to be based on Psalm 90, verse 10, the maximum average lifetime of a person, yeah, whatever, okay. Anyway, so then, they of course, they sold that Beth Serene. And quietly, don't tell anybody. Right? Because, again, that's evidence of their false state setting. Now, although 1914, if you do the math, with their second new definition of what a generation is supposed to be, uh, it, uh, 1914 plus 1980, that gives you 1994. But, man, that's just too long to set a date, apparently. So in 1966, they decided, okay, here it comes, 1975. 1975. Well, first of all, it doesn't even follow the math of your supposed generation date. But again, it's just itching to set one, apparently. And they said, that's the next one. You got 1975. And then they said, well, it's because we calculated it. And it marks the end of a 6,000 years since creation of Adam and Eve. So remember we went in that before? They had their calculations, and here's the exact creation date. And for some reason, they have in their mind that it's only 6,000 years could pass. And then you come to the millennial kingdom, which is 1,000 years, right? But somehow they had it all figured out, and it's going to happen in 1975. Well, guess what happened? Nothing happened, okay? And they hinted very strongly, and, and it was a big date, 1975. Well, nothing happened, 75, so it lost again another massive amount, just like the 1925 debacle. They lost another massive amount of people. So, guess what they did? Better hit the streets, man. Right? And it's the same thing that goes on today. Every time these people, they set these false dates, it gets a big crowd. Right, First of all, it's a bad witness because now people get turned off about prophecy. The lost look at these people and they say, well, you guys are a bunch of goobers. You don't even know what you're talking about. Why should I listen to you about the cross of Christ, which is more important? Hello. Okay, uh, But then again, so you have a lot of people that get disgruntled. And they turn away. So guess what they do? They come up with some new formula, some new technique. Oh, no, I I made a little small miscalculation. Now, here's really what's going on. They'll extend the date, and guess what? People come swelling up again. So before you start laughing again at Jehovah's Witnesses, with all due respect, folks, the same thing's going on today. Don't fall for it, okay? But anyway, so it goes on to say they calculated, and uh, listen to what they did. They actually, if you remember that, we dealt with this a little bit previously, they actually blamed it on the people, Right? They, said it, they explained that the time between Adam and Eve's cre- uh, creation was not known. Excuse me, you put out all those publications we saw before. You did know, right? And they said the 1970 date was only speculative, okay, is your next point there. That's a lie. You told people, uh-uh, this is it. They got all geared up. They sold their house, whatever. But, of course, when nothing happened, uh-oh, oh, it wasn't us. It was you guys jumped to a misconclusion. But, again, they lost a lot of people. So guess what? Start hitting the streets. We've got to drum up some more people. So in 1980, the society suggested that the witnesses uh, and the publishing staff had been overly enthusiastic about the possibility. He didn't say possibility, right, of 1975. And uh, this failed to lure back thousands who had left. But again, regular door-to-door restored the rapid growth that they've enjoyed uh, ever since the 1975 debacle. Next page. Now, when the year 1994 arrived, Well, why would they do that? Well, what's 1914, their initial date, actually second date of supposedly Jesus' invisible reign, right? And now they've got their second definition, not first one, second definition of what makes for a generation 80. That's where you get 1984. So you put all that together. Guess what happened? Shocker. So even that fell through, okay? How many times the Bible got to say, nobody knows the day nor the hour, and yet, man, they still keep pushing. So then nothing happened. So the society uh had not ascribed any special significance to 1994 but the generation issue was becoming awkward because they put a lot of stock into that it's got to happen within a generation well now you're over that now what are you going to do watch what they do right the ranks of the society members okay also on top of that the 144,000. remember we saw before which is a complete perversion of revelation 7 and uh 14 i believe Okay, uh, it's not at all it's male Jewish evangelists, is what it is, not Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay, but they're beginning to dine out. So the claim, your next blank there, the claim that Jesus had appointed the Watchtower Society special status in 1918 was becoming hard to defend, right? Because your generation date went by, and those who initially, over all these years, claimed to be a part of the 144,000, this ruling elite, well, guess what? They're dying out. It's just, the generation's going. So it's like a double mess up. So in 1995, here's how they fixed it, right? To this day, supposedly. They decided that a generation did not mean a physical generation. Ah, isn't that always the way out of this mess? No, that's not literal. That's symbolic, right? Yeah. And so they said that it's not really 80 years, listen to this, but it's meant an age as in an era. So underline this word, this extended the end times indefinitely. So now you can't box me in can i give you a modern example of this kind of logic which is illogical okay remember when it used to be called global warming and guess what we would always catch them on uh, it's not getting warm in fact we're having record cold all over the world in many different places so what do they do they change the name so that you can't technically get them whether it's warm or cold just switch to something generic like this right Okay, and it's climate change, which is the most ridiculous thing with all due respect. Excuse me. I don't know if you guys realize this. How many guys were alive yesterday? Raise your hand. Okay, praise God. I got it. How many guys are alive today? You didn't raise your hand. You're scaring me. Right. <laughs> Did you know that the climate changed from yesterday to today... <laughs> The world's going to blow. Are you kidding me? Of course the climate changes. The climate changes every day. But they pick a generic term so that you can't prove how ridiculous and false their premise is. And this is what they do the same thing now with this generation. First, it start out 30 and 40. Okay. And then you change it to 80. And then once you finally meet that and you get that wrong, you can't push it anymore. So now you spiritualize it. It's the same thing that's going on. In other arenas. So anyway, so they said indefinitely, although they're still going to run into a problem. We saw this before. When the last of the 144,000 special members die out, then you're going to have a trouble because you're saying that this is the ruling elite, but then these original members are gone. And now you're going to have to go back to the regular members. But you said it shouldn't be the regular members. It should be these people. So it's going to catch up to you. Okay. And this is what happens when you follow man's wisdom and get away from God's word every single time. Now, uh, first of all, a close inspection of Matthew 24 uh, in the context makes the age interpretation, in other words, their version of now indefinitely, uh, hard to understand since Jesus speaks of a, the generation passing away, which when something passes away, that's, not a, that's, that's a, not a symbolic event. That's a physical event. Okay, So that doesn't even fit the context. So the Watchtower Society states that he, he, when you point that out, he, listen to what they say. Well, uh, it alone understands that generation means age because it has special status that was granted to it back in 1918 with this invisible reign of Jesus. Can you believe that? Now, of course, the Bible clearly says age is something that has to do with this, this uh, passing away's physical But we're the ones who really know. You, everybody else in all the history of the church, all of Christendom, all of Christianity, you and I, just as basic Bible readers and students and disciples, we don't know. Only the Jehovah's Witnesses know in this passage what age really means. Because we've got this invisible authority from the invisible Jesus in 1918. Can you believe that? It's crazy. This is what they do. Now, open your Bibles quickly. Uh, to Deuteronomy 18. We've seen it before, but after this, because this is like how many times just in what we've seen so far tonight did they get it wrong? Not just in date setting, but in all these teachings, false teachings, setting around date setting. Multitude of times. What does the Bible say that you should do when somebody speaks, uh, says that they're speaking in the name of God? What are you supposed to do? But let's take a look at Deuteronomy 18. And uh, we're going to take a look at verses uh, 20 through 22, just real quick there. We've seen it before in other studies, but I want to hit it again in this one. Here's what the Bible says to do when you encounter people who say, I got a word from God, or God told me to say this, or God told me that this is what's going to happen, etc., blah, 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 in the future, etc., same, same stuff, Here's what the Bible says to do with these people. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name, God's name, anything I have not commanded him, God says, to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods must be what? Put to death. Turn to somebody and say, praise God, we're not under the old covenant. <laughs> All right. But what does that tell you? God takes this serious. How dare you, God, who is holy, who is holy, who is holy. Therefore, he does not sin, which is he does not lie. He is the truth, the way, the truth, the life. Jesus, he cannot lie. He is the truth. He can only tell the truth. Okay, a lie is a sin. God cannot sin. How dare you sit there and say, I told you to say that, and it didn't come to pass. You're a liar. You're making God out to be a... And he takes it serious. Right? So although we don't do the death penalty... He says, do this, though, uh, if you keep reading. He says, "You well, you may say to yourself, well, how do, how do we know? How do we know when a message has not been spoken to the Lord? Well, if what a prophet claims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. Why? Because God doesn't lie. That prophet has spoken presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. Right? And That's typically the second thing that these people do. Oh, how dare you question us? We have the authority You're doomed to hell. How dare you? God will strike you down. How dare you speak against God's anointed blah 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 Just walk away Walk away and don't look back with those kind of folks. Okay, but that's what these guys do remember They got them locked into this fear factor, right? You can't disagree with anything Right? Even when you catch us with wrong. Now, why? Because let's take a look at their source of authority. Right, The source of authority. This is why they get all this wrong. Because they're not following the Bible. As we're going to see here in just a second, their version of the Bible is a hack job. It's not a translation. It's a perversion of the Bible. Okay, let's take a look at that. Jehovah's Witnesses view the Bible as divinely inspired and the infallible Word of God. Well, that's not bad. They believe that a proper study of the Scriptures must include the entire Bible. Well, that's good, too. They also teach that though the Bible is not a science book, textbook, it's scientifically accurate. Well, that's good. The, the Bible contains many prophecies that have been fulfilled in detail. Okay, you're doing good. Well, where did they mess it up? They created their own Bible. The New World Translation is not a translation of the Bible. It's their preconceived false teachings and theologies they took a copy of the Bible, and hacked it, chopped it to match their false teachings. That's not a translation, that's a perversion. That's the whole problem, right? Jehovah's Witnesses use what's called the New World Translation, or NWT. They view this translation, listen, as the best translation, because the translators held so closely to what is in the original Bible languages. Turn to somebody with all due respect and go... We're going to expose this big time in a second. You've got to be kidding me. The Watchtower Bible and Tract Society is regarded as Jehovah God's only channel of accurate biblical interpretation of the world today. So again, who that sound like? Catholicism. Same thing. You can only go through them. You've got to live in the Catholic Church. You know, you don't even have the right to read the Bible yourself. We saw for 12 weeks in our Roman Catholicism study. right? Only the priests and the Vatican... Uh can uh properly interpret it for us, okay? Uh but that's what they say too. Jehovah's Witnesses believe there is no salvation, this is your next blank. No salvation apart from the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. Wow. Again, the exact same verbiage of the false teachings of the Catholic Church. But let's take a look at their uh translation called the NWT or the New World Translation. Is it really a translation of the Bible? No. Okay, But this is what they have, and they say it's a translation of the Holy Scriptures made directly, supposedly, from the Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, into modern-day English by a committee of, listen, anointed witnesses of Jehovah. Well, that sounds authoritative. Now, the New World Translation, listen, is an anonymous work. They will not tell you who did it. Well, why won't you tell us who did it? Well, because if he told us who did it, then we can lay claim to see if they even had these authorities. But we're going to expose it tonight. Former Jehovah's Witnesses have exposed who these people were, and did they have any qualifications for translation? Rhymes with no. Hey, you guys are on the ball. That's right. <laughs> Let's still say it. It's an anonymous work of the New World Bible Translation Committee. Jehovah's Witnesses claim that the anonymity, they say, well, why wouldn't you publish the names? Listen, they claim that the anonymity is in place so that the credit for the work will go to God. <laughs> Trying to cover your tracks, right? Of course, this has the added benefit of keeping the translations from any accountability for their errors, and boy, are there ever, and prevents real scholars from checking their academic credentials, okay? Now, the New World uh, Translation is unique in one thing. Listen, here is what they accomplished with this New World Translation. It is the first intentional, systematic effort at producing, listen, A complete version of the Bible that is edited and revised for the specific purpose of agreeing with the group's doctrine. That's what it is. It's not a translation. They took a copy of the Bible, hack, chop, hack, chop, take out, add, delete, chop, hack, whatever. Anything that disagreed with their belief system and they say this is the most accurate ever. That's what their Bible is. Which means it's not the Bible. Right? Right? So even though they'll say, they'll say that we study the Bible, they don't even really study their own version of the Bible. It's almost all this literature from the Watchtower we saw before. But even if they get into, quote, their Bible, it's really not even the Bible. So they're still not even being exposed uh, to the truth. Jehovah's Witnesses and the Watchtower Society realize that their beliefs contradict the Scripture. So rather than, listen, conforming their beliefs to the Scripture, they alter the Scripture to agree with their beliefs. Is that how we're supposed to do it? Who is it that defines truth to us? Right? That's the difference between what we've seen before in our previous studies, between what's called eisegesis versus exegesis. Ice is reading into the scripture what you want it to say. X is where we get the word exit, which means, no, it speaks out to us what we are supposed to believe and understand what is true about all of life, et cetera, et cetera, right? Exegetical approach. Let the Bible speak out to us and define what is true. We don't read into it. So they didn't just read into it. They literally hacked, spliced, chopped, Did everything and inserted, and we'll get to that uh, in just a second. So this is clearly demonstrated by the fact as new editions of the New World Translations are published, additional changes are being made to the biblical text. Why? Because guess what we Christians do all the time? Even in their perverted hack job of the Bible, okay, which is not the Bible, we point out inconsistency because they miss stuff. So we say, well, hey, look over here in your version of the Bible, your hack job version. It still says that Jesus, to give you an example uh, in the vernacular, uh, it still says here that he's God, which they deny. So guess what they do? They change it, come out with a new version and produce that for the people. So if anything, we're helping them to clean up their hack job. And that's why. But again, if it was so right and so good and so true, it's the most accurate. Why do you keep changing it? Why do you keep pumping out new versions? Same thing we saw with the Mormons. In the supposed Book of Mormon, supposed to be the most accurate book on the planet, according to Joseph Smith, up to about 4,000 textual changes. Well, if it's so accurate, and it's the most accurate thing ever uh, on the planet, as you would say, then why do you got so many changes? Not four, not 40, not 400, 4,000. It's crazy. So they're doing the same thing. As biblical Christians continue to point out, uh, they keep changing uh, their errors. Now, again, just to give you some examples of what they do, again, we saw... When the Greek term uh, Storos, cross, comes across, they take it upon themselves to translate that as a stake. As we saw before, it's not a stake. But that's one of their nuances. They deny the cross of Jesus, and they say it was just a pole. So every time they come across that, again, even the words, they not only hack, they not only splice, they not only delete, they not only add, but they take words that are in there, and they purposely mistranslate them to fit what they want it to say. Not what it really means. And that's one of the examples that they'll do. Uh, also, the New World Translation does not translate the word Sheol, Hades, Gehenna, or Tartarus as hell. Because guess what? They don't believe in hell. Okay? So, but that's what the Bible says. But that's what they do with this. this is not, it's a hack job. They continually leave that out. Uh, they also give the translation presence instead of coming the Greek word perusa because Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus has already returned in the 1900s. It's not the second coming or he's coming, okay? They talk about, they translate that presence. Why? Because they see that he's already here, just invisible. But that's not what the word says. But again, so that's another example of what they do. Also, another example, Colossians 1.16. They insert the word other, okay, in the text there. Uh, that says there in Colossians 1.16 that all other things were created by Christ instead of what the text says. All things were created by Christ. They say all other things because this is to go along with their belief that Jesus is a created being and also because they deny him being the Son of God, that he is deity, they deny the Trinity. So they have to, they're, they're inserting that in there to make it fit their preconceived idea. Now, the most well-known one is John 1.1. But again, that's just the tip, of the, tip of the, tip of the 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 iceberg of what they do to pervert the Bible. John 1, one says the word was God. The word nobody doubts this. Who is it talking about? Even Jehovah's Witnesses admit it's talking about Jesus Christ. And it says right there the word was God. Jesus was God. He's God. You can't get around that. So what they do? They inserted the indefinite article there a, and then took the G instead of capital to small g was a God. They denigrate and and that's not there. You can't do that. But they, they took it upon themselves to do that uh, over and over again. And uh, again, showing that this is not an accurate translation. It's not a translation. It's a perversion. It's a hack job, right? Uh, and then if you want to show their, their uh, duplicity uh, in that, they don't even follow their own rules, right? John 1, 1, they go out there and they supplant, or they put in A before God and then change it from capital to small letter, A God, right? But then... In John 1.18, that was John 1.1, 1, 1, John 1.18, uh, they come across the same phrase and they translate uh, one as God, period, with the capital, and then another one, small God, with G, but there's no A, but it's the exact same phrase. So if you're going con- to change up here, you've got to at least change it here, but, but this is how bad of a job this is. They're not even consistent with that. Okay, it's only the preconceived heretical rejection of the deity of Jesus Christ that forces him to do these things. The New World Translation is not a valid version of God's Word. It's a perversion, not a version of the Bible. As these guys share, let's take a look at this.
1: David Riccoboni remembers his longtime service at the Society's headquarters printing the Watchtower magazine. He is seen in the 1953 film the New World Society in action.
0: One, one thing that impressed me as a Jehovah's Witness was our willingness to admit our mistakes. I thought that was great at the time. I knew the society had been wrong in the past when they set dates for the end of the world. And some of, I, I saw some of the major changes in their doctrine. And I felt, you know, sometimes I felt upset But i was taught from the time i was a little child that this is the way jehovah revealed new light through the organization
2: i was surprised to find out many strange things about pastor russell when i did independent research on him here in the finished mystery book he taught that the churches of christendom
0: were started by ball-headed men with smoke on their brains he thought that if a dog's head were shaped
2: like a man's, the dog could think like a man. He gave health advice that was pure quackery. For
0: example, he taught that appendicitis was caused by biting worms in the colon. He sold so-called
2: miracle wheat at greatly inflated prices to his gullible followers.
1: The Bible, produced by the Jehovah's Witnesses, called the New World Translation, has caused quite a stir. Their Proclaimers' Book claims that it is a literal translation that faithfully presents what is in the original writings, and that the entire translation committee were Spirit-anointed Christians. They won't reveal their names.
2: My late husband, Bill Setnar, was at the Watchtower headquarters during the work on the New World Translation. Former President Fred Franz was mainly responsible for the translation work. He was neither a Hebrew nor a Greek scholar and only had two years of college. There were no scholars. I know because I knew them all personally. The so-called translation was written to reflect their own peculiar doctrines. And the Proclaimers' book is not telling the truth when it says that this is a fresh translation from the original Greek.
0: The only original Greek I knew was George Genghis of the Secretive Translation Committee. And he was no scholar, that's for sure. Because he himself told me that before he came to Bethel, he was a short order cook in Columbus, Ohio. There's your expert. Make some flapjacks and eggs, and apparently you can translate the Bible in a fresh new way. Yeah, would you like some sausage with that? Yeah, you've got to be kidding me. But, folks, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Now, it gets even worse because they have actually a spiritual element. They have a, a guy named Johann Grieber. Uh, he did a translation of the Bible, which the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, relied upon for their perverted hack job. Okay, now, if you take a look at this Johann Grieber, it's kind of a uh, why would you use anything from this guy? Listen to this. He was a former Roman Catholic priest, and after he got married to a woman, uh, she was a medium. Remember the channeling with New Age? Had the demon speak to her? That's who he married. And he got the idea that he could translate the New Testament in a more accurate way if he had help from the spirit world. Now, this is the guy that they, the Jehovah's Witnesses use for the basis of, of their hack job. He was born in Germany, again, uh, ordained as a Catholic priest. Later, he himself uh, also became a medium involved in spiritual activities, demonic activities. He said in 1923, he attended a seance, and his life was changed. Yeah, you bet it was changed. Uh, he immigrated to the U.S. in 1929. He began prayer and healing sessions in New York, uh, later worked on his version of the New Testament. And he claims supernatural guidance as he translated with his wife acting as the medium. So the demons are speaking through her. And to the point that the text he translated, quote, in, he says, in the instances in which the text pronounced by these demons, come out of his wife's mouth, right, by the divine spirits can be found in none of the manuscripts available today. I have the text as given by the spirits. So basically, supposedly, these spirits, demons, were speaking through his wife to give a more accurate translation, there were many times, there were times when uh, they were saying stuff that wasn't even close to even the text. He went with that. So it's a, it's a whack job. Now, there is irrefutable proof that Grieber was known to the Watchtower as an occult spiritualist, even as far up as 1953. They did not stop using him until 1976. In fact, the Watchtower felt that the doctrines, uh, uh, that the doctrines the spirit revealed to Grieber were true. Because again, he's operating on the same premise, right? That God told me he has this special uh, connection, etc. The Watchtower believes that the Holy Spirit communicates with the governing body in the production of the Watchtower magazine and the translation process of the New World Translation. Grieber was making the identical claim that Jehovah's Witnesses make, okay? And they use his stuff, but again, they don't want to tell you that when they come knock at the door. So it's bad enough that you hack the Bible, okay? It's not a translation, it's a perversion. But you relied upon also this guy whose wife and himself were involved in demonic channeling in their translation that you were using as a. It's crazy, folks. But let's take a look at one more video exposing even that.
1: Dr. Bruce Metzger is recognized as one of the world's leading Bible translators. Dr. Metzger, is the New World Translation reliable for Bible
2: study? The ordinary reader is totally misled by the show of supposed scholarship uh, that these people introduce into their translation. It's a sham kind of scholarship. This could be called not a separate version of the Bible. In this respect, it's a perversion of the Bible. They introduce the word Jehovah 237 times into the text of the New Testament, and it does not occur once in any known Greek manuscript. That, I don't think, is responsible scholarship. Still more key having to do with the person of our Savior Jesus Christ. They try every time that they can manage it to denigrate the status of Christ from the eternal Son of God to a created being. They even distort the first verse of the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was a God, With a and the spell there, word God there, the little g. That's terrible.
1: Dr. Metzger, what do you think about the Watchtower Society's former claim that Johannes Grieber's Bible was a translation?
2: Yes, his translation, I years ago got a copy of this because I was interested in his translation from the standpoint of which greek manuscripts he made use of uh, johannes graber or Greber was a former roman catholic priest and uh, after getting married to a woman who was him herself a medium he got the idea that he could translate the new testament in a more accurate way if he would have some help from a spirit medium. When the occult
0: background of Grieber was exposed by those outside the society, they stopped referring to him as a scholar. Interestingly, the evidence is that they had known about his occult involvement for nearly 30 years. This kind of deliberate cover up is found throughout their history, yet it is never referred to in their Proclaimers book. Gee, I wonder why. Excuse me, And this is why, folks, nothing they teach will hold up under scrutiny, certainly not even under a court of law. And I want to give you an example of that. When they're oppressed for it in a legal uh, courtroom, uh, they admit that what they're teaching is a lie, and yet they, it, they admit that they have to have all their believers uh, not even question anything, and even if it's a lie. All right? I'm going to share with you uh, real quickly, just to give you an example, of how when push comes to shove, when they're forced to admit the truth of just how much of a sham this is, their whole belief system, okay, they, ha- they will admit it. Now, this is from 1954. This is a transcript, the actual transcript. I can't read the whole thing. The transcript from the Scottish Court of Sessions, which is Scotland's Supreme Court, okay? And this is a trial with, of Jehovah's Witnesses because they were making a claim that some of their members were ordained ministers, et cetera, so they went to court over this issue. So this is some of the transcript, and this is the Jehovah's Witnesses, the leadership. One of them was Fred Franz, one of the guys working on the translation, He was at this trial. So they asked him, they said, Is it not vital to speak the truth on religious matters? Response, it certainly is. You have propagated false prophecy. Quote, we have. So they admitted it. And that uh, that had to be believed by the whole of Jehovah's Witnesses? Answer, yes. Because you must understand, we must have unity. We cannot have disunity with a lot of people going every way. An army is supposed to march and step. It had to be accepted by Jehovah's Witnesses? That is correct. Well, if a member of the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, took the view himself that the prophecy was wrong and said so, would he be disfellowship? Yes. Our purpose is to have uh, unity. Unity at all costs? Yes. Unity at all costs. Because we are sure that Jehovah God is using us and directing us even though mistakes are made from time to time. Now that's an oxymoron right there. You're supposed to be being led by God, but you admit you make mistakes. God doesn't make a mistake. So you're not being led by God. So they say, quote, a unity based on enforced acceptance of a false prophecy that is conceded to be true, the response. And the person who expresses his view, as you say, that it was wrong is disfellowship and breach of the covenant. That is correct. And as you said yesterday, expressly would be worthy of death, I think. And he stops and no. Would you say yes or no? I will answer yes, unhesitantly. Do you call that religion? It certainly is. Do you call that Christianity? I certainly do. Can you tell me this? Are there theological publications and semi-monthly periodicals used for discussion or statements of doctrine? Yes. And are these statements held to be authoritative? Yes. Is their acceptance a matter of choice or obligatory? They're obligatory. So basically, whatever they publish, people have to accept them as true. Then they question them. Am I right that you uh, put what is described that the end of the Gentiles was 1914? Yes. And was that a fact that was to be accepted by all who were Jehovah's Witnesses? Yes. But it was a calculation that's no longer accepted by the board of directors. That is correct. So if I'm correct, it became the bound duty of witnesses to accept this miscalculation. Yes. Then he goes on and says, So Rutherford preached an error. Quote, he was an error. How was that error corrected? Answer, we have had no book giving out dealing with that particular phase of the subject. Right? But you haven't stopped publishing the book with that. The book still circulates. So how does one joining Jehovah's Witnesses... Uh, And reading this erroneous view of Judge Rutherford, know that it's erroneous because he keeps up with the latest expositions and publications from the Watchtower. Uh, So yesterday's errors cease to be published, do they? Yes, we correct ourselves. So that what is published as truth today by the society may have to be admitted wrong in a few years. Quote, we have to wait and see. And in the meantime, the body of Jehovah's Witnesses have been following error. Quote, they have been following a misconstruction of the scriptures. So he presses him on it. He says, err? He says, well, err. And it closes this. So even though the society states that it's fallible, they admit and the court of law and they press for it. Otherwise, you're going to jail. Right? They admit that they are fallible. They make mistakes. No member is allowed to act on this without serious consequences, including being disfellowshipped. The society wants every member to believe that any member who acts on the fact that the Watchtower Society leaders are not infallible, that they don't make mistakes, they are worthy of death. Now, that's a cult, right? You can't even think for yourself. But that's really what's going on, right? And this is why you get so many contradictions, right? As we saw before, uh, even when it comes to that faithful and discreet slave, they say it's the Watchtower organization. But then Rutherford said, no, that was him. And then they'd say that, no, Rutherford never said that, but he did say that. Uh, The Watchtower says that they're the only ones who can interpret the Bible, and they have the audacity to rip into the Vatican. And I quote, the Vatican belittles Bible study by claiming it is the only organization authorized and qualified to interpret the Bible. That's them ripping on the Vatican. Well, you're doing the same thing, right? They say in one instance, Jesus in the past, they said was to be worshipped. Then they say, no, Jesus is not to be worshipped. They say the sower in Matthew 13 uh, is Satan. The sower and the mustard seed is Satan. Then later they say, no, the sower the mustard seed is Jesus. Over and over again, they keep getting it wrong. But the people in the institution, they cannot disagree or you're going to be disfellowshipped or even, even using their words pretty strong, you're worthy of death. That's a cold now. That's their source of authority. You get it wrong. What's the lesson you get outside the Bible? You listen to only man you get so bad that you're so tied to man that you negate the Bible You even hack and chop the Bible to fix it. You're gonna end up with a cold every single time Stick with the Bible. Let the Bible speak out to us what is true You don't speak into it what you want and you certainly don't create your own version now the nature of God real quick Jehovah's Witnesses believe that the true God is his name is what? Jehovah and it's got to be Jehovah. We're going to close out on this one God. They say properly called Jehovah He's uh, they say a spirit being invisible and eternal But has a spiritual body is not omnipresent and the doctrine of the trinity They say is to be rejected and the holy spirit is an impersonal force. What? So again, why is it a surprise you get this wrong? Because you've already demonstrated you're not going to follow the bible. You're going to follow these teachings of men In fact, you're going to take a copy of the Bible and you're going to hack it to fix your preconceived ideas. No wonder it's all messed up right? But they say that God has a body. They say that God is not omnipresent. They say that God is not omniscient, that He doesn't know all things. Excuse me. They equate the Trinity with pagan theology. They say the Trinity is false. It's a development of apostate Christianity. They say it's deceptive. They say that it elevates Jesus to a position He never claimed to have. They say it's not found in the Jewish or Christian scriptures. Excuse me, what Bible are you reading? must be the one that you chopped up. Okay? Uh, They say it's a stroke of the Antichrist. They say it's barred from the heathen religions. They say that the trinity represents three gods no it doesn't how many times we've been through that it's not one plus one plus one equals three it's one times one times one equals one it's the same essence god revealed himself as the father the son and the holy spirit you got water you leave it alone it's a liquid you freeze it it's a solid uh you heat it up it's vapor which one's not water Right? It's, it, it, so again, it's just all false charges. And they say, of course, the Trinity is not found in the Old Testament. Excuse me, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Jesus in John chapter 10 said, I and the Father are one. The Jewish people claim, uh, knew that Jesus claimed to be God. That's why they're trying to kill him. So how could you say he's not the Son of God? How could you say he's not one of the Trinity? Right, as the Son of God. Uh, Genesis 1, you said there's no evidence of the, tr- uh, t- uh, the Trinity in the Old Testament. How many times have we seen this? Genesis 1 26. Let us make man in our image. Who's us? Elohim in the plural. That's the Trinity right there in the first chapter of the first book of the Bible, which last time I checked is the Old Testament. Uh, the first and the last. Um, Isaiah 44 says, this is what the Lord says, I am the first, I am the last, apart from me there is no God. Well, Revelation 1, Jesus said, don't be afraid, I'm the first and the last. Right. So again, you're dealing with God the Father, God the Son, the concept of the Trinity, all of the Scripture. Again, as you saw and heard, they also have a perverted version of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they reject the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is God right? Jehovah's Witnesses teach that the Holy Spirit is an active force like radar, okay? They deny that he's a lie, that he's a person, and of course, the Trinity, that he's God, and uh, yet, let's biblically ask the question. If the Holy Spirit is not God, the third person of the Trinity, okay, then simply ask the question, why is he called God? Acts chapter 5, How is it that he can teach? John 14. How can he be blasphemed? Matthew 12. How can he be the one who comforts? Acts chapter 9. How is it possible for him to speak? Uh, Radar doesn't speak. If it does, run. Uh, Acts 28. Uh, How can he be resisted? Acts chapter 7. How can he be grieved? Ephesians chapter 4. How can he help us in our weaknesses? Romans chapter 8. If the Holy Spirit is just a force, how is it possible uh, that he can speak, teach, comfort, etc.? It's a bunch of baloney. Now, what you do find similarities in the scripture is the Jehovah's Witnesses, when it comes to the issue of who Jesus is, the nature of God, and the Trinity, they're in good company. They're in good company when you do the scripture uh, of these people called the Pharisees. And the last time I checked when I read the Bible, okay, uh, you don't want to emulate those guys. Right? Because the Pharisees denied the Trinity. The Pharisees denied the deity of Christ. The Pharisees denied the physical resurrection of Jesus. And they denied salvation by grace alone. That's exactly what the Jehovah's Witnesses do. So all they're doing is being good Pharisees on top of the date setting and all that stuff. Now, as we close, let's get to the crux of the issue. I've already given that issue. And that is this why are they hung up on this name, Jehovah? Right? What is the big deal with that? With well, Jehovah's Witnesses. Why? And one guy says, whenever I speak with Jehovah's Witnesses, it seems that time, every single time, we'll discuss the importance of the name of God. And it's got to be Jehovah. What's the big deal with that name? And this is what they teach. Quotes, the Bible teaches that God has a personal name, Jehovah. And they hold to that like you wouldn't believe. And again, it's another one of these things. It's just like with the cross, birthdays, Christmas, military, blood It's You can only use the name Jehovah when speaking to God. It's one of their nuances, right? Well, let's, let's examine that real quick, right? Well, first of all, in saying this, they deny every book on theology because all books on theology, let alone the Bible itself, okay, shows us uh, that it has multiple personal names for God. It's all over the Bible. I'll get to that in a second, right? And again, they say, well, well would you like to not be called by your name? Right name? How would you like that? <laughs> well, let's see. Every day, I'm either called Billy uh, my kids call me Papa, okay, uh, some folks call me Pastor, um, uh, my parents call me Son, uh, frankly, I don't care what you call me, just don't call me late for supper, dun-dun-dun, right. it's like, give me a break, all of us have different multiple names, right, Etc. cetera, whatever, some of us have pet names, some of us have nicknames, right? Uh, you, know, so I, you know, Bobby's got, you know, Meat Man, right? Is that what Debbie calls you? Meat Man, beefcakes, you know, whatever. know. She called me cakes. I Cakes. And that's what they say. Oh, God can how hold you. Like? Give me a break. And the reason why the Bible has different names for God for us is because we're going to see, hopefully in a second, uh, it gives us different attributes of God, of how he is, how he treats us, and his promises, all wrapped up into that. It's good information. Oh, and by the way, though, if you're going to make this claim that we're sinning, If we don't call God only Jehovah, then let's examine that. Did you know that Jesus never identified the Father as Jehovah? Not once, ever, did he use Jehovah. Uh, Was Jesus wrong by calling the Father Father by his personal name? He taught us to pray, Matthew 6, pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus taught the disciples to say, our Father, not our Jehovah. Are you going to correct him? Was Jesus wrong? Why didn't any New Testament writers use the name Jehovah? Not once. Not once. Were all the writers of the New Testament out of line? Should we then do away with the whole New Testament? Because they never called and used Jehovah not even once. There's over 57,000 ancient New Testament manuscripts, and none of them ever once used the name Jehovah. None. That's why they insert it in their perverted hack job 237 times. But that's not what the text says, okay? That's their hat. Forcing that in there is simply wrong. Now, in the Old Testament, you do see Jehovah, but technically it's really not even Jehovah. It is YHWH, okay? It's actually the original Hebrew that's going on here, right? Now, the irony uh, thing is uh, Jehovah's Witnesses are saying you can only call God by Jehovah. Uh, Technically, Jehovah is not even really in the Bible. That's not even really what the Bible says. So they're not even being biblical with their mandate, right? This phrase here, okay, uh, appears almost 7,000 times in the Old Testament, okay? And this is where the Jehovah's Witnesses go, uh, with all due respect, nuts. They say there's a conspiracy. And that's why we had to insert it into the New Testament 237 times. Because there was a conspiracy uh, that the people had supplanted Jehovah with the word Lord with Kurios uh, or uh, Theos, a God. And it's a conspiracy that they, they did that. So it's our job because remember, we got this invisible authority from Jesus invisibly that nobody could check on. Okay. And uh, we're the only ones who know that there was a conspiracy. Give me a break, okay? There's no proof of this at all. Not one single document has ever been found in the New Testament with the YHWH, okay, included, okay. And it doesn't appear there because it went out of use. Let me, there's no conspiracy, right, at all. Let me explain that, okay? Uh, YHWH does not appear in the New Testament. It was not actively used in the first century, out of respect and fear of taking the name of God in vain. Exodus 20, do not use the Lord's name in vain, right? Uh, uh, Leviticus repeats that, I believe, also. Uh, vain does not mean just as a cuss word. That's blasphemy, okay, God's name. But it literally means in a common way, right? You say, oh, my, don't even do that. That's what it, what it means, really. And so out of fear of that, they didn't want to speak it, right? Uh, with that. So that's when they began to, as early as 250 BC, the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, they began to replace in the Old Testament, okay, uh, YHWH with Kyrios or Lord, with the word Lord. There's no conspiracy at all. The Jewish people, first of all, out of respect, didn't even want to say it. But the term began to be replaced before the New Testament was long ever written even the Old Testament, with the Lord. Okay, so there's no conspiracy. Lord, simply Curos means Lord, sovereign, master, owner, which is the same thing. It's just a different word that's used. Jesus also, listen, quoted from the Old Testament. And oftentimes, guess which version of the Old Testament he was quoting from? The Greek Septuagint, which had already begun to replace Y-H-W-H for Curos for Lord. So if Jesus quoted from that version that we have recorded for us, then how could you say that was wrong? Right? There is no conspiracy uh, whatsoever uh, being done there. So if it, the question is, if it's so important for Christians to use the name Jehovah, why didn't Jesus use it? Why didn't the apostles ever use it? Why is it never recorded, not even once, in the New Testament? And why was it already being, tra- you know? and I just gave you, it's not a conspiracy. It was already being faded out long before the New Testament. So what is this YHWH? Now let me give you a big giant word. It's called the tetragrammaton. Say that. Go amaze your friends and family for the next week. I just learned the word, tetragrammaton. Yeah, you won't remember it by the time you get out of the doors. But anyway, you can say whatever. Uh, tetragrammaton is the fancy word for uh, saying, meaning four letters. So when you hear the word tetragrammaton, okay, grandma, tetra, four, it's just speaking of this. Because this is what, how it appears, God's name, one of God's names, okay, Y-H-W-H, four letters, tetragrammaton, okay? Now... Uh, here's where it gets very interesting. Jehovah's Witnesses, it's got to be Jehovah. Well, that's not how it's written, it's not even how it's pronounced. In fact, if you want to be accurate, they need to pronounce this. Bob, would you like to pronounce that for us, please? <laughs> it's all consonants. The original Hebrew, okay, is all consonants, there are no vowels. That was inserted afterwards. So it's not even Jehovah uh, at all, okay? Uh, uh, In fact, there is no uh, J sound in the Hebrew alphabet. Did you know that? So here you are saying it's got to be Jehovah and only Jehovah, but technically it's this, okay? And then you insert a J up here, but that's not even in the Hebrew, the vowels were later inserted because most people would say it's not even Jehovah, right? You find Jehovah a lot in the King James Version and in the New World Translation. I don't think it's wrong in the King James case, okay, whatever, okay? But basically, they would say if you really wanted to pronounce it more correctly, if you're going to be so stringent on it, okay, then it was uh, Yahweh, okay, in here. Now, the reason why they inserted that is because, have fun pronouncing this, it's all consonants. But technically, that's what it is in the original Hebrew. The reason why they inserted the A and the E is because they, the Jewish people, again, out of fear of using God's name in vain, they began to use the word Adonai. Okay? Adonai. Okay? They also used another word, speaking of God, would be L, as in Elohim. Right? So eventually, the A made its way into the Tetragrammaton, and the E did as well, just to give you a couple vowels so that you could pronounce it. But again, technically, if you want to get it down to it, it's only those four letters, which you can't even pronounce, so they're not even pronouncing it right. Number two, if you really want to be more accurate, it should be Yahweh or some versions, uh, 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 Yahweh, okay? Uh, but it certainly wouldn't be Jehovah because there's no Jain in Hebrew. So here's that's the whole irony of the situation. You said, Oh, he can only be called Jehovah. How would you like to be called by your wrong name? You're not even doing it right. On a multitude of levels. Again, this is what you get with the cults, okay? But the Bible is clear that God uses many different names that he speaks of, and we'll close down that. Let me give you some different ones. And again, it's a good thing, right? Because uh, Billy or William, actually, Billy's my nickname, William. Now, I'm told that William means guardian of the truth. Not guardian of the galaxy, that's a movie. Guardian of the truth. Now, doesn't that sound majestic? I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. But it's a descriptive term. Our names are descriptive. Right? Pastor. Boy, Shepherd. Well, that's descriptive. It's not just a title. It's descriptive of who you are, of your character. Of, it's the same thing with the names of God. It's not hung upon one name. In fact, he, the Bible gives us many names, not just Yahweh or Jehovah or Adonai or El, a bunch of them. And it's awesome because it gives us a more well rounded idea and understanding of who God is. Quickly, as we close El itself, okay, means mighty, strong, and prominent. Elohim, creator, mighty, and strong in the plural form. There's your Trinity. El Shaddai, God Almighty, Adonai. why they use that? Because it meant Lord. Uh, Yahweh Jireh, the Lord will provide. Yahweh Rapha, the Lord who heals. Yahweh Nissi, the Lord our banner. Yahweh Mekadesh, the Lord who sanctifies and makes holy. Yahweh Shalom, the Lord our peace. Uh, Yahweh Tadiskanu, the Lord our righteousness. Uh, Yahweh uh, Rohi, uh, the Lord our shepherd. Yahweh Shama, the Lord is there. El El Yon, most high. El Royi, the God of seen. El Olam, everlasting God. El Gabor, the mighty God. Anyone who says that God must be addressed only by the name of Jehovah is speaking completely without biblical warrant. (gasps) That's such a surprise. No, it's not. When you take a look at the mandate, whether it's setting dates, whether it's the the, uh, uh, understanding of the nature of God, the Trinity, Jesus, the name of God, all that stuff, it's all messed up. Why? Because they got away from the Bible. They listened to man and they were so stringent on listening to man, they literally took this hack, chop, hack, chop, chop, insert, hack, chop, 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 until it agrees with their man-made ideas. That's not a, per, that's not a translation. That's a perversion, right? Lord willing, next time we're going to work on how they pervert, of course, shocker, unfortunately, the person of Jesus Christ, uh, the means, uh, the nature of man, the means of salvation, Right? And according to Jehovah's Witnesses, how do you get saved? How do you get to heaven? Right, Which is not the gospel, we'll see. Might even throw in some of their version of the afterlife. Again, as we saw, they deny uh, the doctrine of hell. Right, Because we all know that Jesus, when he came here and he died the horrible, gruesome death on the cross to save us from a low self-esteem. or I, No, I'm sorry, a low economic status. No, he came to save us from hell. But again, they don't want to believe that, so they hack-chop, 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 and produce their own Bible. And then we'll probably close out, so we've probably got about two more sessions, and we'll move on to our next topic. And, uh, but we'll finish out, how do you witness to the witness? Amen? That's the whole point. Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, Let's take a a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, The Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means Lying.